hello dear viewers uh welcome to, again to our online uh, telebridge africa on alatra tv africa uh today we are able to gather many people from different parts of uh, africa to discuss the creative society this is a society in which you your loved ones and everyone in the world will be able to live comfortably in our space of life uh, we are happy and thanks to uh, modern technology and the rule of hand, six handshakes, we are able to bring this program to you. Now, the six handshakes uh, uh, is a theory that we are all connected in five or less social uh, connections. Welcome, Man Oga. Thank you very much, Kano. And uh, I would like to say that the Creative Society Project is a unique project which uh, has been initiated by people themselves for the entire world on the volunteer basis. And uh, people uh, got together on 20th of December and voiced the realities of today's and uh, announced that they want the creative society. In all cultures, there is an image of an ideal world in which people want to live. Uh, this happened on 20th of December 2020 in a global international conference, uh, Creative Society United We Can. And uh, uh, the coming conference, uh, we, we will have the coming conference on March 20th, 2021. Uh, it will be an internationally large scale online event. Creative Society, what the province dreamed of, initiated by participants of the project Creative Society. And I want to invite everyone, let's meet on this day and uh, let's think, let's uh, announce the questions which uh, are worthy, uh, which are um, very important right now for nowadays, for the society we live in. And it's important for everyone uh, to speak out and uh, make a choice on what society we all want to live in. Um, and I would like to introduce Olga, this speaker from Russia, for the host from Russia, and Khan from Nigeria. Olga. Thank you so much, uh, Olga, for introduction. So today we are having our third uh, bridge of friendship uh, Africa, and uh, we are very happy to say that uh, more and more countries are joining us uh, in our broadcasts. Uh, also, we have uh, today a guest from Jordan who was not indifferent to what is uh, going on in our communities, and he joined us as well in the telebridge. Also, we have countries um, uh, like Nigeria, uh, Ghana, uh, we have also people from, um, uh, uh, yeah, from other African countries, uh, from Sudan. They will introduce themselves throughout the telebridge. And uh, the purpose is uh, also to see how we can uh, implement uh, this creative society model and Africa and what are the pitfalls that could be on the way. And uh, today we would like to introduce our first speaker. Uh, her name is uh, Lamia from uh, Morocco. And she'll be talking about uh, first foundation uh, that touched her uh, a lot. Uh, it's uh, the human life. Uh, so Lamia, the, floor's, uh, the floor is yours. Maybe you can elaborate on more on this. Uh, thank you so much, Olga. And thank you to invite me to this Telebridge. I'm so happy to be here with you. 
So as you say, uh, I will make this presentation about human values and human life. Um, as I sent you in uh, the PowerPoint, I make a plan to make this presentation uh, short to, to give the chance to the others to participate. So I focused on three points, and uh, in, in, like you see in the plan, for before first uh, the definition of uh, the human values and the disciplines view. I focused on two uh, disciplines is uh, sociology and philosophy. And uh, and three, uh, the relationship between uh, the values, uh, human values and the uh, creative society that we will discuss about. Uh, I don't know, yeah, as you share this uh, PowerPoint, uh, I need the other slide, please. The slide number three. Number three, please. Yes. As you can see in this picture, uh, it results what we need to know about uh, the human values. Before uh, we will talk about the three, uh, yes, we will talk about the five uh, points of the human rights, which is uh, love and truth, peace and right conduct and nonviolence. These five points of human values will give us so many things. We will talk about uh, these values of human beings and uh, it will give us to empower and to encourage the tolerance, the inner strength, the self-confidence and the social skills. And the most important thing that we will discuss about is the creativity. So I will talk about the origin of the term values. Uh, it comes from the Latin word valere, uh, which is mean to be, to be of worth, to be worthy in this life. And of course, in the Oxford Dictionary, uh, it defines the term value as the word or the word desirability or the utility of a thing. Uh, I will talk uh, also about, uh, yes, we will go to the disciplines view uh, of, uh, of the human uh, values. Uh, the human values have been employed in so this, this uh, distinctively uh, different ways in human discourse. Uh, it's often uh, say that a person has a value or an objective has a value. These two usages have been explicitly recognized by writers in various disciplines, such as Charles Mortris or and John Dewey in philosophy, uh, Brewster Smith in psychology, and Robin Williams in sociology. Of course, I will not talk right now about them all or about the, what they say about uh, human values. Maybe we will make uh, another presentation about this, but I will just give you uh, a view about what they say. 
the sociologists uh, are concerned with uh, the question like value, diversity, value uh, clashes, value tensions, value conflicts, and social change, uh, socialization, innovation, modernization, and preferred future. The legitimacy of the sociologist uh, is involved, is based uh, on the task of examining the social relations and process as valuation phenomena. Uh, in fact, value is an abstract uh, term which is commonly regarded as an economic conception. Now we are going to the philosophical view. Uh, uh, there is, uh, the, in the word of John Dewey, he is a philosophical and, uh, he is a philosophical, yeah. He said that the value means primarily to price, to esteem, and to apprise, to esteem, and to estimate. It means the fact of tracing something, holding it clear, and also the act of passing judgments open the nature and amount of its value as compared with something else. Uh, now we are going to the, the last slide when uh, we're talking about the human values and the creative society. As we can see, the importance of the human values, there is not and never can be anything else more valuable than the human's life so if we give the priority to the humanity and the human, we can provide a future without wars, without conflicts, without violence, without hunger, but a future where we can find uh, the peace, the love, the creativity and the development in the high level. As I talked before in the other Telebridge, I mentioned something very important is the happiness, how uh, the happiness can give us the creativity. And when we talk about the happiness, we talk about uh, love, about peace. If we have a, a country or a society where we can find this love and all the good things, of course, we can create a creative society. So what we need to do is to encourage the human values and the human unity, the creativity, uh, and the, the importance of being active in the life. And we can do this uh, by the media. Here, I want to mention the important role of the media in our life. How the media can encourage people to do a good things, and in the same way, how we can encourage them to do the bad things. So the media, play a really important role in our life. This is what I can say about the human, uh, human values and how it is very important to make our society more creative. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your presentation. Thank you. Go ahead, Connor. 
Okay, so uh, now I would like to ask uh, Huda from Sudan to present her speech. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Olga. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm Huda Biagio from South Sudan, actually, we're not from Sudan. Um, sorry, sorry. I'm a medical doctor uh, currently living in uh, Egypt. Um, I'm doing my uh, specialization in general surgery. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, uh, I'm here to actually talk about just two points that are, can be under the, um, the third foundation, which is human safety. Um, because from my perspective as a doctor, um, I can add just like two or three points. Uh, the first point mm -hmm. is, um, okay, we are no longer uh, talking about the availability and the accessibility of uh, free medical services um, as one of the rights of any human, but we're looking for ways to improve human life and working uh, for the welfare of the humankind. Um, so one particular area that I see very important, I'd like to start with is um, to put more emphasis on the community medicine and um, on public health. So uh, uh, public health is a huge part of the modern medicine that we in the third world tend to sometimes underestimate. Um, but in the first world, public health uh, specialists or uh, community medicine specialists uh, is greatly or highly appreciated. And the reason for that is investing more in researches um, or working for um, eradicating the diseases that are possible to be eradicated, especially for us here in Africa. Um, uh, we have the tropical uh, diseases that are possibly eradicated if we put the effort and if we build this, this system that will do so. So uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's a very important point. Another thing is immunization programs and um, generally just working on bettering the environment that we live in. That way we will, we will work at preventing the diseases from happening at the first place, um, which not only working for the welfare of, um, of the humankind, but also the effort being made at treating the diseased or the ill patient will be greatly reduced, which is also because of course, we'll have um, less sick patients. So it's very important. Another thing, the second point that I would, I would like to jump in is um, how the technology has, has come um, nowadays um, in working at the improving human life. I'd like to talk uh, about what we call nanotechnology, probably most of you have heard about, uh, which is basically um, 
a continuation of um, microtechnology, development of the microtechnology. Um, so basically, uh, we know nano, nano the, the, the prefix nano means um, the, the one, one billionth, one billionth of the starting unit. That means if, if we take like um, a gram, one gram, you divide one, one gram into billion particles and you take one particle. Can you imagine how tiny that would be? Very tiny fragment. So this technology, uh, they say if microtechnology works at the level of the matter, the nanotechnology will provide manipulations at the level of atoms. So yeah, nanotechnology is real uh, revolutionary leap forward in the world of understanding, in, in the world understanding in general and human life improvement. Um, so what, how, how are we going to do that? nanotechnology will create artificially different materials and robots that as tiny as small uh, as nanoparticles. Um, this technology will open huge possibilities before humankind at different aspects, not only in medicine, but also um, in industries, uh, engineering, and also education. They say you can hold a device in your pocket that can uh, can have all the books from all the library, libraries around the world. So li like uh, it's something crazy. In medicine particularly, uh, if you can imagine to take a glass of water with nanorobots in it that you won't even feel. These robots will not only painlessly and accurately diagnose the illnesses that you have, but will also restore back your health and treat the illness completely. Yes, as simple. So, um, and it's also lifelong uh, and once, for, uh, once and for all uh, kind of uh, effect. So, yeah, we are we are talking at uh, a, a different level of revolution uh, in the world of technology. Um, also, these robots can can cross the blood brain barrier, so uh, they are meant to treat uh, mentally sick patients, and um, you know uh, those hopeless cases, even the congenital anom anomalies, you know. Um, and nowadays it sounds like a science fiction, but, but who knows, in the, in the coming years, it, it will become possible. So, yes, um, I think this is my second point. Okay, thank you, Dr. Um, Huda from South Sudan. Uh, that was quite interesting to learn, especially about the nanotechnology. Yeah. Uh, we will uh, invite our third speaker, that is Victor. If Victor is ready, we will listen to him. Victor yes. is also going to talk on human safety. Sorry, before we um, invite Victor, I would like to, um, to ask our technical support to show us all eight foundations of creative society 
as already two speakers mentioned, human value and human safety. And uh, I would like to ask our technical support to show us all the foundations. And uh, let me mention that uh, these foundations uh, were formed as a result of uh, different uh, polls and interviews all over the world um, in more than 180 countries. And uh, these eight foundations were formed by people. This is truly what people want. And um, do we have them on screens yet? our technical support team for sharing uh, this uh, video and uh, it's very uh, nice to hear that uh, uh, yes the human safety it's uh, important uh, provision and uh, when we talked uh, about uh, nano robots uh, it's very important also to highlight that these uh, nano robots that uh, dr huda was just explaining to us be used either way so basically you can uh, drink uh, the glass of water and uh, obviously if you have nano robots uh, that will be repairing your body at the same time and uh, you will be uh, feeling much better but at the same time it depends also on the internal values of the doctor because some of the technology they are available they do exist but this simply cannot be implemented because of the consumer society because there is no guarantee if the doctor does not have a pure heart what the doctor will be putting inside this uh, glass of water also nanorobots uh, that will destroy uh, the cell or the nanorobots that will repair the cell inside of us so that's why uh, we would like to uh, again to um, uh, to say that uh, of course the internal values of uh, uh, this noble profession, uh, because being a doctor, I think it's very respected and uh, and very exciting profession at the same time. Uh, we must also eat, uh, think about uh, the internal values of, uh, of the doctor. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Huda. Maybe uh, other guests, uh, when before we are coming to our second part of our telebridge, uh, uh, will ask you some questions. And now, as uh, already Kano, uh, our guest uh, was presented, and Victor, if you hear us now, maybe you also can continue about uh, human safety 
So if you can hear us now. I don't think he's with us right now. Maybe he'll join us later to continue. And uh, as uh, the continuation of what he was saying, it's of course it's important that the format of society is not because consumeristic, but creative one to use all those nanotechnologies to serve people, not to um, use it for like wars or uh, militarization, right? Yes, certainly. I agree with you, and uh, would like we would like also to then give the floor to our next speaker, Jose. But also, let us see if he's uh, with us. Uh, if he's not, uh, then we are coming uh, to uh, to Kano, who at the same time uh, he's a co-host and a presenter. Uh, so we, we hope that our guests, uh, Victor and Jose, maybe will join us on the way. So we'll give them uh, the floor. And now uh, let me introduce also Kano from Nigeria, uh, who'll be talking uh, about how he see uh, like creative society in Africa, uh, about topic that is not so easy to do, but I'm sure he, he will do it very successfully, ethnic conflicts. Thank you, Olga, and uh, hello everyone once again. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the ethnic conflicts in Africa per se, because uh, this is already uh, a well-known fact. Uh, for example, it is a fact that Nigeria uh, fought a civil war due to ethnic rivalries between 1967 and 1970. And it's also a fact that in recent memory, Rwanda also fought a very bitter uh, civil war owing to the same uh, ethnic uh, conflict. Well, this was leave a very bitter taste on our lips and that also is uh, another fact. But the question is, what have we done, you know, in uh, order to prevent a reoccurrence of ethnic conflicts in Africa? Well, apparently, um, there had been several peace conferences, and perhaps there had also been truth and reconciliation panels, but still, there are echoes of uh, ethnic hostilities almost everywhere in Africa. Apartheid, we know, uh, may have been forgotten, but there are still flashes of xenophobic rivalries in South Africa. There are still uh, subtle constitutional provisions in our national uh, declarations in which one person is held to be an indigene and another is rejected as a non-indigene. Um, there is also still the conflict we experience between majority and minority ethnic groups. If it is not ethnic rivalry over market and territory, then it is for power and profit. So I'm not going to talk about them, rather let us talk about how to build, uh, how to bridge these conflicts uh, in Africa. Since uh, what we're talking about today is our dreams of building a creative society in which uh, everyone 
uh, our loved ones uh, will you know, find peace and live comfortably. Uh, as I understand it, this is the main reason for today's uh, uh, Bridge of Friendship program, which all of us are participating in, which viewers are also listening. So I'm going to base my discussion on the subject uh, of the second and eighth foundations of the Creative Society. Um, let me start this way. That, um, pardon me, I'm not a historian, but the little knowledge I have of, uh, secondary school knowledge I have of West African history, you know, we were taught that uh, ancient Songhai Empire uh, comprises of uh, many people who are living today in Nigeria, Mali, Niger Republic, Sudan, both South and uh, Northern Sudan. Uh, so the Hausas in Nigeria, for example, have relations in Niger Republic, in Sudan, in Mali, and in Ghana. And I also know that in Nigeria here, sorry, I'm using Nigeria as a, a micro example. In Nigeria here, the chief people of Benue State uh, they claim to have their origin uh, uh, from the Bantu, the Bantu uh, uh, predominantly in East and South Africa. And I also know that the Yoruba people also claim to have affinity with people in Benin Republic, in Togo, and even as far as uh, Brazil, Jamaica, and Haiti. Well, the Igbo man will tell you that he has his brothers in Cote d'Ivoire, in Gabon, as well as in Central African Republic. I can go on and on, yet today, what do we have? These groups are all divided by political boundaries. Permit me to call them artificial political boundaries that are denoted by this little word, ethnic groups. Now, what is interesting is this. The origin of that word, ethnic, is from the Greek, ethnikos. Ethnikos means hidden or what we generally refer to as pagan. Because in the Middle Ages, uh, this word is used to denote a person who is not a Christian or a Jew. Oh, well, today it has been modified, you know, and the Latin use of the word ethnos to mean state, but still it refers to uh, people uh, of one's kind. But at the heart of ethnicity, uh, ego, fear, and division, so that any solution to human problems that are founded on it is bound to lead to dead end, as uh, currently experienced not only in Africa, but all over the world. My solution is simple. All people are human. And if everyone is treated as a human, then there is no need for us to qualify one as a pagan or a hidden or people not of my own kind. So I'm going to ask the technical team because I want to read out the second foundation. I will ask the technical team to please, if they could show it on the screen and I will read it out. Yeah, that is it there. I will read it out. Uh, the second foundation is human freedom. And I want you to listen carefully to this. It says, every human is born with the right to be a human being. 
all people are born free and equal. Everyone has the right to choose. There can be no one and nothing on earth above a human, his freedom and his rights. The implementation of human rights and freedom must not violate the rights and freedom of others. Permit me not to make much comment on it, but uh, I would say that uh, ethnic theories generally manipulate people by feeding on their fear, especially that land is fixed in nature that we have been told in economics, that population is expanding at geometric proportion so that the earth resources will not be enough to go around for everyone on the planet. Nothing can be further from the truth than this because new scientific findings, thanks to lateral science, are proving that the earth has enough resources to support twice the current number of the world population. And if, you, if we had listened carefully well, uh, Dr. Huda was giving her, making her presentation, the nanotechnology, for example, just imagine what it could do if it is uh, used judiciously for the improvements of all humans. So I want you to imagine Africa where there is cooperation and collaboration and where the concept of power and privilege is absent, where every person is judged not by the color of their skin or the length of their nose, but everyone is treated as a human. So please uh, permit me again to invite you to watch this video clip uh, with a participation of uh, uh, Igor Danilov. Please, uh, uh, technical team again, could you please play us that video clip where uh, Igor Danilov was uh, speaking on uh, the prospects of civilization. Please, let's watch and listen carefully. You see, and no futurologist will tell you what will happen tomorrow if people really want this. You know, if people went ahead and changed the situation, then it will no longer be that way. This opportunity is given to a human. The main thing is for him to use it. Igor Mikhailovich, are there, let's say, any ways to soften and somehow change the future? Yes. This is people's choice, this is people's world. It's your world and you create it. But whether to Satan's dictation or by the inner spiritual aspiration, well, the choice is yours, that's the point. Freedom of choice, this is really the freedom of choice, to live or die, to be or not to be. It's people who decide and choose. Nobody will do it for them. Even the devil cannot dictate here what to do, how and, and how to behave. This is a choice of people. You also said that it's basically impossible to avoid cataclysms, but they could be not so... their consequences could be not so... Yes, let's say, not so disastrous for humanity. Yes, but simply observing what is happening in the modern world, because, after all, there are many attempts to change the situation or to stop hurricanes. Humanity is just unable, well, here is important to take into account something else. 
For example, modern technologies, let's say, theoretically, they can make it possible to slightly decrease the level of wind speed, the destructive level of that very hurricane, right? But there's the energy conservation law. If they decrease it at one point, it will increase at other points. It's inevitable. And then, having picked up speed and steam, it will come back only with greater power. And what did they win? After all, everything that happens here in the visible world originates in the invisible world. That is… A simple example. You read and you see. And everything that you see and read originates there in the boards, and these are just ones and zeros while here you see the text which you read to us. Here's a simple example. Meaning? That's where it should be changed. Mm -hmm. But again, it can be changed there as long as there is energy in this tablet. And today we've said that, well, to put it simply, humanity can recharge its tablet, otherwise its battery will simply be removed. Oh, thank you, the technical team, but uh, I would want to apologize for that poor uh, reception. The voice was, audio wasn't uh, very loud enough, but uh, you can also watch that clip by going to uh, our website at alactraunites.com TV English. There you can, uh, you know, search for that video clip, uh, The Prospect of Civilization. Uh, thank you. But before I end this, my uh, presentation on uh, conflicts uh, in Africa, please permit me to just tell, share this experience uh, uh, I had, uh, you know, from my dog, Hala, and my cat, Catherine. Uh, what we know is that cats and dogs uh, don't usually, I mean, they don't usually have a positive relationship. Even in, uh, in our idiom, it's uh, when we want to discuss, uh, describe a very turbulent storm, we say it rained cats and dogs. But uh, it's different with my dog and my cat because they are getting on pretty well. You know, so I sometimes when I look at them, I ask myself, what changed? Um, but what I found out is what the conclusion I came to just like uh, at that clip is our human choice. You know, the living condition changed for them. Uh, both of them live on my territory, permit me to use that word, where there are essential necessities, including food, housing, medical care, education, and social security is free and guaranteed. So what are they to fight for? What is the ethnic uh, conflict all about? It's because we fight for these things. So I believe that, uh, uh, dear listeners, if we change the conditions, the living conditions in Africa, uh, from this consumer-oriented, uh, 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 let me put it that way, format, to a humane, uh, creative society, uh, ethnic conflict will be a thing of the past. But before I go, please, I invite you to watch this drama. It's a short drama where we try to depict what the creative society should look like. Uh, technical team, please close the last video uh, on the short drama from Africa. Thank you. Hi, Alex. Let's have a call with Africa. Let's have a try. 
One is from Cote d'Ivoire and with such a great taste. You know what? I'm going to invite you guys to come to Africa and have a taste of our coffee. No borders? Borders? No. There are no restrictions of movement in Africa. We go freely everywhere we want to. Just last week I was in Niger Republic. From there I went to see a friend in uh, Chad. I was in their capital in Germany. And uh, after that, I went to Cameroon. The roads were free, no harassment, nothing. There is free movement in Africa. They built a great society in Africa. Yes, I did it. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, sorry, I used the term drama. It's a video clip, and you see, in that uh, video clip, all we are trying to say is that the creative society is like that uh, sports car, that uh, faulty car. It will take all of us joining to just give it a little push, and off it goes. So I am inviting you. You might have some creative idea. You could, uh, you know, join us. Let's make video clips in order to pass information about this dream society to the world. Thank you, but uh, I will uh, humbly beg Habib. I'm passing the, the word to him. Habib, please, can you take it away from me? Thank you. Yeah, well done. Good evening, everyone. Yes, it's a very good presentation. And we have learned a lot from your presentation. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I will talk on uh, creation of uh, emergency evacuation. Yeah, that's what I will talk on today. Uh, uh, when we talk about uh, emergency, uh, creation of emergency evacuation is very important to uh, guarantee a uh, human safety. Yeah, we have many foundation of a creative society. 
but uh, the creation of uh, emergency evacuation is part of the human safety, which I will say something. And yeah, human life is important, as it has been mentioned by many people. We know nothing more valuable than the human life. So for us to guarantee safety for human life, there are many things that we need to do. Some many things happen to people living in different places uh, around the world. So when something is happening uh, like disasters, a natural disasters or something of that nature, we need an emergency evacuation. Yeah, so what I'm talking about here is that I can mention many examples that some countries are more powerful than others. I, I, yeah, as I said, yes, some countries are, are powerful than the others. So when we, uh, we are talking about the creation of emergency evacuation, we know there are many countries that can help in state of emergency to save um, lives. I can give example with uh, what happened in 2020 here in Niger Republic. I'm from Nigeria, so I, I'm from northern part of Nigeria. I'm so close to Niger Republic. We have sense of community with Niger. Uh, if I can recall, uh, an American was kidnapped somewhere in Niger, and he was uh, uh, rescued uh, from the Americans within some uh, hours, not even a day. So if, uh, for instance, American has that power to rescue someone who was kidnapped here in Africa, in Niger Republic, that means American can help other countries, like my country, Nigeria. We have been in trouble, uh, uh, insecurities everywhere. For example, we know the issue of Boko Haramuns, we know the issue of Lani Hetzman and so many other crises that are happening here in Nigeria. So if, for instance, Nigeria is not powerful enough to, I mean, tackle the crisis that is happening, let other countries that have the power to, uh, that, that have the power more than the Nigeria to help Nigeria to stop the crisis, to evacuate or to do something important. Yes, that is very, very important. So. Uh, uh, emergency evacuation is important uh, in terms of kidnapping, maybe earthquake or natural disaster and so many other things. This is what I really want to talk about. And the second thing I really want to talk on today is lack of unity that we have among the African countries. You know, African is the second large continent in the world, if I'm not mistaken. And Nigeria is the giant of Africa. But why is it that always we have this unity in African countries? We are all Africans. Though we don't even have to be proud of saying we are all African. The human being, we are all human being. We have so many things that we share. Before I explain uh, my perception or what I understood uh, causing the disunity among the African countries, I would like to mention an example. Uh, I traveled to Southern Nigeria recently. I was, I, I was sitting with a lady from different uh, religion, different tribe and everything. I, I, was, I, I was talking to her, asked her, why is it that we are in the same country, but we always have misunderstanding? This person will say, no, I'm from 
this tribe, this one will say, I'm from this tribe. I say, okay, look, sister, why won't us look up the other things that we have in common? For instance, now you and I, I am Hausa by tribe. For instance, you are Yoruba by tribe. Yes, I believe that. But less now, uh, yes, uh, and then you are a Christian, then I am a Muslim. But that is not enough to cause misunderstanding between us. Because what we have in common is more than what we are, uh, what we are lacking or the misunderstanding we have. I told, I, I told her, I give her an example. For instance, look at now, you are a human being, I am a human being. That's the first thing you will consider first. No reason to hate anybody from any country, from any tribe, from any religion, from any society. That's my understanding. If we always look at what we share, what we have in common, we will not hate um, each, uh, one another. I told her that I am a human being, you are a human being, that's number one. Number two, we are Africans. Number three, we are from the same country. Number four, we have the same, uh, uh, we are from the same uh, race and we have so many things that we have in common. Why is it that just because we have different belief then you hate me or I hate you? To me, that is wrong. So I'm going to talk about what is causing uh, the disunity among the African countries, okay? Uh, there are many things that people consider are the major reasons for disunity among the African countries. Some people may say due to religion, some people may say due to economy, some people may say tribalism, some will mention so many other reasons. But for me, religion is not the major cause or is not even the cause of disunity among the African countries. Because what I know, in Africa, we have almost 54 countries here in Africa. And none, no, none of this country that has Christian or 100% or Muslim 100%. In every country, in each of the African countries you go, there must to be Christian, there must to be Muslim. Why is it that a Christian, for instance, from Nigeria, a Christian from Nigeria, I mean, maybe it's not united or it, it dislikes Christian maybe from Cote d'Ivoire or Mali or somewhere around the world. That means religion is not the cause of disunity or uh, it's not the cause, yeah, as I said, of disunity in Africa. Okay, that's number one. Then tribalism, for me, that will not be the reason to because we have many tribes. Like me, for instance, as a living example, I am a Hausa man by tribe. But maybe someone from Niger or somewhere around the African countries is Hausa and may not like me or may not have the same opinion or will not like to come uh, uh, join me and uh, join together as Africans to bring what will, uh, 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 what will make the Africans better, okay? So religions and then tribalism, to me, they are not the cause of uh, uh, disunity among the African countries, as I said. Uh, what I consider as the cause of this uh, is economy. I think economy is one of the reasons of disunity in Africa. Uh, for example, just last year, in 2020, Nigerians' land borders were closed down. And many African countries, and many African countries are complaining saying this, uh, they, they, they were mentioning many things about Nigeria and that, is, uh, that can lead to this unity because maybe they are getting some things from Nigeria or Nigeria is getting some things from the other country. 
that will boost, I mean, the economy of the African countries. So since now the Nigerian borders, land borders are, are, are closed, or, or yeah, are closed or are lockdowns, that means the transaction of goods and services will no longer be. So that can create um, uh, this unity or lack of unity among the African countries. And if I didn't forget, even in Ghana, it happens just maybe 2020, some of the Nigerians who are, are living in Ghana, they, uh, they, they face some challenges from Ghanaian. Okay, you see, if, you, if, if we can see this, it's not because of their religion or it's not because of their nationality, it's also caused by what? Economy. So if we can settle the economy issue. And then the other thing I can mention is uh, 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 politics. Whatever is the cost of this unity within the country, that may be the same cause of this unity within the African continent in general. Even here in Nigeria, I also mention example with Nigeria because I am Nigerian. I know what happens in my country. So even here in Nigeria, we I'm sorry to say, we are not that united. This part we are from the same country. And I would say, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a northerner. I'm from the northern Nigeria. I don't care what happened in the south, which is wrong. That's what is killing us. That's what is causing a lot of problems in world entirely. Because if something is happening in my country, and maybe you are from Ghana or you are from Sudan, and, and you just keep quiet and you don't even feel worried about what is happening in my own country, it's wrong. It's very, very wrong. Because what is happening in my country today, if you didn't help me to tackle it, one day it will migrate or it will be in your own country. So it happens within the country and it happens uh, among the African countries. As I said, politics is another cause of uh, uh, this unity among the African countries. So what I will say in a nutshell, we need to uh, 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 create awareness. Lack of awareness is, is, is one of the major uh, problems of causing all this unity in African countries. Because if we, I mean, we educate people, we tell them the importance of creative society and the importance of human life and the human safety, I know there will be a time that the entire world will be like a family. Everybody will live in peace. Everybody will love one another. And that is what we are targeting. And that, we, that is where we are heading to. And with time, we will learn to the point at the target point. Uh, let me not take much of your time. I know there are a lot of people waiting to say something. This is what I understand. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you so much uh, for voicing uh, these very important uh, actually issues that uh, uh, in every African countries uh, there are some at least several ethnic groups uh, living together and plus due to the interconnectedness of uh, like our economies uh, we have just seen uh, african video clip when uh, we have uh, coffee from uh, Cote d'Ivoire, we have like banana from sudan we are eating i don't know some other food from several african countries so everything is becoming too much already interconnected and uh, also uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, proposing this and addressing uh, this basic uh, human values, uh, the friendship, love and humanity. And um, we just uh, had our preparation call yesterday and in our preparation call, I think more than 30 people, even maybe 40 participated, but it's coming with 
realize every time that in the actual data breach, only, you know, half of the people are disappearing somewhere and only those who have courage, they really, you know, can voice uh, the truth. And uh, in our preparation call, it was a speaker from uh, Tanzania, was supposed to be a speaker, who said, like, at least uh, a climate change can also uh, unite us. So we do have this and uh, this uh, uh, human values uh, by virtue of belonging to humanity. But so in the worst case, like in the very worst case, uh, if we forget about these uh, fundamental things, uh, the climate is also the change, the drastic change of climate also on the African continent uh, is pushing us to reconsider uh, certain things. And uh, our participant from Alatra uh, group from uh, America sent us a video. Uh, and uh, she's uh, talking in this video about importance of creation of the unified global service uh, that is dealing with emergency cases. And after this, uh, we will also uh, ask the question to our guests who are present today in the two days to the bridge, uh, whether it's important also to create and uh, the same uh, unified global service on African continent and what is uh, their opinion. So our technical support team will show us, uh, to us now uh, the video clip of um, Olga Schmidt uh, from uh, Alatra USA. Thank you to our technical support for this, to show, uh, for showing out this video. And um, this is very vital questions that were raised that uh, according to the climate change we all facing right now in different countries of the world, we all should think also about what are we going to do if uh, we have to move or other people will have to move, migrate from different countries. Are we ready to um, meet people like our friends, like invite them to our family, uh, share what we have with uh, those ones who are in need and um, uh, would, would anyone uh, in our roundtable today would like to comment on this video they just heard? Anyone? Maybe later on, also in the last part, uh, in the end of our telebridge, maybe the guests will uh, formulate the questions. So after maybe we will hear all the presentations, we can also do it uh, this way. I think if so far, no questions. Okay, if no one, no one <laughs> would like to speak on, the, on this video or maybe share his uh, opinion on this uh, video, or what we just heard, then I would like to also remind that on March 20th, 2021, at 1500 GMT, Greenwich Mean Time, uh, there will be an international large-scale online event, Creative Society, What the Prophets Dreamed Of, initiated by the participants of the project Creative Society. And um, I would like to say that uh, the, these conference should reveal what really prophets were coming for what what they what society they were describing they dreamed of where society where all all people are friends society where people love one another and um, or society we live in right now so 
um, I, I would like to invite everyone to this conference. You can also participate in this conference, uh, prepare some information. Uh, anyway, if you would like to participate, you can text us, comment on the video, and we will contact you and tell you more about the ways you, you can participate. But really everyone can participate in it and uh, we are all volunteers and uh, everyone who ready, everyone can do it. And all together united, there is nothing that we can't do. United, we can uh, do big events, conferences, raise very vital topics, answer them and actually move towards creative society, society we all want to live in. Maybe you can, we can watch the short trailer about the conference. If our technical support will show us. Unprecedented event of present history. Initiative that comes from people around the world. Main project of humanity. People stopped being silent about urgent issues of our society, how it all started. May 2019, International Online Conference, Society, The Last Chance. 140 countries of the world, hundreds of thousands of people online, hundreds of broadcast platforms, translated into seven languages simultaneously. If we all want to live in peace, why do we have a world of violence and destruction? It is up to us to build a different world. How can we do it? December 2020, Creative Society, United We Can, 180 countries of the world, millions of people online, thousands of streaming platforms, 35 languages simultaneously translated, People have voiced today's reality and what they truly desire. And it is the creative society. All cultures have an image of the ideal world people want to live in. A world that prophets talked about. The time has come when we can make it real. How will we use this chance? Let's meet March 20, 2021, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time. International online event of global scale. Creative Society, what the prophets dreamed of. This is the day the world will unite to find out the truth. Join the entire humanity and spread the message. It was very nice to uh, to watch this video uh, because we are uh, will be coming again to this uh, uh, global gathering about um, uh, how we can implement uh, creative society in all the countries, not only on the African continent but everywhere. Because everybody feels uh, this internal uh, deep uh, need to change the things. I think uh, everyone will agree with it. 
And we uh, also were very happy when we uh, uh, realized that our guests got, interest, uh, got interested uh, in the fourth foundation, it's uh, transparency and openness of information for all. And uh, there were actually several speakers who wanted to share um, their opinion about these foundations. So obviously, we see it's very important, I mean, for, for people. And uh, we just would like to invite uh, Elton uh, from Mozambique to give us uh, his opinion why uh, this foundation attracted his attention and why he thinks we all of us should uh, yeah, pay attention to, to this. Hello everyone. Um, I'm Elton from Mozambique. Um, I'm a computer engineer and at the moment I'm pursuing my master's in management, uh, management uh, business administration, sorry. So um, what attracted me to this topic, um, which is transparency and openness of information for all, is the fact that until um, today, this is a big problem amongst the African countries and especially for um, the poorest countries because this is this might be um, the major cause that doesn't make um, the countries develop as they should. Um, first of all, could I um, can I have the screen um, for this topic, please? Mm -hmm. Maybe we can uh, read this uh, fourth foundation yeah. and also maybe you can read it first so to get uh, others yeah, so and our viewers uh, aware of this uh, foundation. So if you could be so kind just first of all to read it. Okay. So as it says, every human has the right to receive reliable information about the movement and distribution of public funds. Each human has access to information about the status and implementation of society's decisions. The mass media belongs exclusively to society and reflect information truthfully, openly, and honestly. So, um, what happens is, first, information access is the ability to gather, retrieve, and use this information um, effectively effectively um, but there should be a resolution of inadequate information especially for the developing nations in Africa in order to build and maintain a consistent economy but with this within this situation we have something that is called um, digital divide which is the gap between those who have technology technological access and those who does not have this technological access. And this happens because there, there are two reasons why we have this um, digital divide. One, because we have um, excessive information centralized. Um, we, are, we are all Africans and we know that in most of our countries, the information might only, the, 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 the real or the adequate information might only reach um, sometimes only to the capital cities or some privileged cities. And those who are out of the cities and the townships and the villages, they don't get the proper information about what's going on 
in our countries, what is get what is going on in um about politics, economics. That's why when it's time for the elections, um, the politicians they go where the people they don't don't get don't have the information about the real situation in the country because they know that it will be easy to convince them. Um, if they compare with the people that they have access to the information, which is the people that are living in the towns, the, the capitals, um, outside the townships and all. Um, and due to this, um, I think the big and the huge challenge that the mass media has, especially the journalists, is to um, make the information reach um, by the means that we have, which I think the most used uh, means at the moment in Africa will be radio, because people don't have access to, not, I, I, in Mozambique especially, only 20, not even 20% of the population has um, access to a mobile phone and not even to a smartphone where they can have access to information easily whenever they want, whatever they want. So I think investing and making um, information reach to the people who doesn't have the means to have these things will be the, the biggest challenge for the mass media, especially to the journalists in these days. So this is my solution for this. And there are some, um, some information access technologies they, the governments are trying to implement these days, such as um, portals on the, and each and every city related to public administration and information. But what happens is the information that they put on there, it's not updated, it's not for, of public interest, and it doesn't even, it's not even there's diversified. It's just one topic and that's all. Um, one example is this, we don't have reports, we don't have um, auditing reports, we don't have surveys, we don't have expansions, we don't have any information about tenders, contracts, revenues, and expenses that is being um, managed by the government, for example, I would say. So this is um, the real situation, and as I explained, that will be my solution for this. Thank you. My point is here. Thank you so much, uh, Elton, uh, for your presentation. Uh, and you mentioned a very important point uh, that uh, we don't, we um, have one-sided uh, story. So the mass media present us only one angle of what is going on and we are getting fragmented information of uh, different events. And it's also not the issue with uh, Mozambique, it's also the issue with uh, other countries like uh, I'm from Russia, we also, you know, have this, uh, we don't have uh, like the access to reliable information and uh, that's, uh, that's unfortunately, uh, true. Uh, and uh, together in this um, uh, bridge of friendship, we are trying to figure out what we can do. Uh, I mean, to make uh, uh, different steps uh, to create uh, a demand uh, for this uh, reliable and uh, open information. And we have also with us uh, two speakers, uh, Nicholas uh, 
from Senegal and also we have Jerry from Ghana who will be talking about the issue of transparency and openness of, inf of information from uh, different perspectives. And after that, we will see uh, what are the main points of these three presentations, because we realize that uh, this issue is important for all African countries and not African as well. So, Nicholas, maybe you can uh, also uh, introduce yourself and uh, give us your opinion. How do you see the application of the uh, fourth foundation for the Creative Society? Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Nicholas Godwin. I am a web content developer and, um, and as the basics of my profession, you can't twist the truth, okay? Um, so uh, apparently that's, that would explain the reason why this topic is of very uh, crucial importance to me because you, um, online, which is the environment where I am always on, uh, the biggest currency is not money, it's trust. It's people trusting the information you are sharing with them. That's the reason why they are going to maybe listen to you. Uh, the whole idea of, um, the reason why issues like fake news became big is because people want trust. Um, the reason why people are coming against um, a, a big companies is because they feel like they can be trusted with their information. So trust is, the foundation of um, of what happens on the over the internet, and so uh, you can imagine if if everyone lied to themselves or lied or we lied to each other about things, and we're not transparent about uh, how we do things, the whole concept of of um, of of using the internet itself is going to collapse. So you can you can that gives you a picture of what's happening on the national on the national um, scale where governments are lying, the media is lying, um, influential people are lying. So it's probably explaining the reason why this is important. So I'm gonna be talking about, um, I'm gonna be talking about the Ford Foundation and uh, the transparency and openness for, for of information role. And um, now, as you can see right on your screen there, um, you know, every human has a right to receive reliable information about the, about, uh, the movement and, and distribution of public funds. Uh, each human has access to information about the status of, uh, of, of the implementation of, of society's decisions. The mass media belongs exclusively to society and reflects information truthfully, openly, and honestly. All right, the next slide, please. Um, so, the... Now, truth, truth, you know, the reason why this is important, the reason why we, we, the reason why transparency is important is that it's not just trust in humanity. Not, not, not so many people are going to trust someone who lies to them, right? So uh, it's not just trust in humanity. That's the number one reason why we should take this really seriously. We want a society where we can be safe, right? Just imagine that, like, just imagine that your doctor lied to you about your health. Imagine that your, um, your construction worker lied to you about the material he used to construct your building. Imagine that your automobile company lied to you about the safety of your automobile. You can see that's exactly what's happening in places like government and in the media. Real lie is allowed. 
we are allowing those kind of, that's why we're having crashes, we're having societal crashes because the truth is not even out there. So that's why it's critical for us to pay attention to this because if we continue to allow these lies to live on, we are it's just like allowing doctors to lie about the health, about our health. It's like allowing um, those things to happen. So it's not just trust. The not, the next, the, another thing that makes this crucial and important is it helps to raise the important conversations about what society should be doing and not doing with our money and resources. All right. Not everybody is okay with. Um, if parents know that um, the government is spending money in in buying weapon that they are going to use to send their children to war, I think they will be more they will be more emphatic about let's not do this. Let's 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 stop let's stop treating society this way. If um, if 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 everything is transparent and we know that government um, probably overspends on certain things that you should really not pay attention to. Uh, where we know that people are, you are lobbying the government with money and we can explain, okay, how did the government receive this money? How did this person in power receive that money? Then there'll be a lot of, um, you know, we can have that conversation and people are going to like handle it more carefully. All right. So um, that's why uh, somebody says that democracy dies in darkness. I've forgotten who, who said that. I know it's one of those um, Asian philosophers. So. The, the, the whole idea is that when, when, when things are not in the open, you invite, you invite lies, you invite insincerity, you, you, you make transparency difficult. So another reason why transparency is, is critical is we all contribute uh, through taxes, at least at the world we live in right now. As, as we move forward as a creative society and we do away with things like taxes, that will probably not matter anymore or it will transition to a different type of contribution. All right, at, at every level we'll have to contribute. Everybody has to be a part of this. So whatever we contribute through taxes or some other thing, the point is that everybody's contributing. So it's just, it's reassuring to know what's happening to your contribution, what's happening to all the resources you give away. There are countries that pay up to 40% of their salaries uh, in, in, in different types of taxes, all right? So, uh, yeah. so how do you, how, it's reassuring to know that this money is going in things that you really care about. You know, I, I wouldn't feel bad if you take 40% of my money and I'm seeing that it's helping somebody who is, who is not uh, privileged to have that type of resources. That's fine. But I'll feel troubled if you take 40% of my money to build weapons so that you can kill other people. You know, so um, that's the reason why transparency is important. Another reason why transparency is important is that it's, easy, it's easier for leaders to be accountable if there is a standing culture of transparency. All right, where people know that you have to be transparent, just like um, you, you, uh, you, you know, uh, when you get to the bus station, everybody knows you have to get a ticket, all right? <laughs> so nobody needs to try to convince you to get a ticket because you know that's normal, you have to get a ticket. That's where you get in the bus. So the same way now, you, you, there's a standing, there's a standing um, law that you have to be transparent. So, uh, you naturally would even think of not being transparent because that's the way it's done. So that's another reason. Another reason, uh, another important uh, reason why we should pay attention, we should be more transparent or why we should pay attention to transparency is, uh, okay, now I, I think I have covered the basic four reasons that I want to cover, but um, the next thing is 
How can we move towards a more transparent society? Okay, now we understand the reasons. Now we understand all the things that uh, should uh, drive transparency. How do we move towards that? How do we go past talking about it and doing something about it? So I said, I don't think we have a depth of information, all right? So the world is not, is no more, this is no more 19, um, this is no more 1920 uh, or 1921. In 1921, you will say, oh yeah, people need to be educated, they need information. The truth is right now, there are very few places that don't have access to information. Yeah, I'm aware that there are probably uh, places where internet is slow. And, um, but to be honest with you, I've been, I've been maybe, I've been fortunate not to, not to be in those places because even the remote places I've been to, they have internet. Um, the remote places I've, I've gone to have internet. So I wouldn't say that there are too many places where you would have, um, you wouldn't have internet. But even at that, even if that's the reality, I do not think that the absence of internet uh, is a big issue as much as the people who have internet doing something about it, okay? Having access to information, that's what I mean by having internet, yeah. Um, so uh, now I, I don't think information, that information is, is a problem. I think we are not using the information we have. I think that's a real problem. The real problem is somebody knows something and do, does nothing about it. You know that you could help in this way, but okay, yeah, I know that. And then you just go, you go, you go on with your life as if you don't know it. So it's just like you have the solution and you don't implement it. It's as good as not having a solution. So what we have to do now is, you know, uh, you know, we know that the media and the government is lying to us, okay, most of the time, okay, uh, but we still choose to buy those stereotypes. Somebody tells me a story about some people from a particular race or culture. Somewhere in my mind, I know, well, it's not completely true, but I choose to buy it. I choose to re respond in that way towards that thing because somehow the stereotype feels like the only reality I know. So that's one thing about it. So, um, you know, we are aware that these stereotypes are not correct, but we tend to pay attention to them. Um, we, are aware, we are aware that taxpayer money is going to waging wars and doing other abominable things, but we do, not, we do nothing, okay? It's, it's, the, it's that inaction that's getting in the way, right? The inaction is really the problem. So what's really the answer? What's really the answer to transparency? The answer to transparency is action. It's... It, it, it's, it's, it's that simple, it's do something, do something. Don't, you can't, you can, if you're talking about grand scale solutions, the way to achieve grand scale solution is to solve the immediate problems around you. Just imagine that everybody in this room uh, did something about um, educating the people that they know around them about how to use media, all right? Not to, for example, I have children, so, I tell them the importance of not completely judging things at first sight. Don't see something and say, oh yeah, what I'm seeing is exactly what it is. It's, there can't be any uh, other side I'm not seeing. I think that's one thing. So if you, if you can start educating two persons around you, all right, um, just imagine two multiplied by the people in this room now, you begin to have the effect, all right? And just imagine those two people educate on other two people about how to handle information. There'll be less, there'll be less um, 
I mean, people will be more informed. People will be more open, transparent to to, to, to treat things transparently. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead. Action is the biggest issue here, and how can we take action right now? Start local media companies owned by communities. This uh, now I'm not saying you don't have to start like really, really grand ones. The internet offers of the offers the opportunity for us to start start online radio. Uh, which won't cost so much. So, and people do listen to online radio a lot. In fact, people listen to podcasts these days. There are podcasts everywhere about all sorts of things. So, um, start now, starting off some podcasts that treat specific situations for people to begin to understand how to use media and how to access information. Now, I'm talking about two things. I'm talking about transparency in two lights. There's the transparency of how to use media. That means how do you treat information? You don't just take information and say, okay, what I just heard now is the whole story. When you take it, say, okay, I heard that. Okay, what other side of this story am I not hearing? What other part of this don't I know yet? Okay, so that's one part. So being curious to, uh, to, to treat information as something you can, that, that, that needs verification, that's one part. Then a second part of, of uh, transparency is being exposing people to the opportunities that they are blind to, all right? People who could benefit from information are not benefiting from the information because they are somehow um, not aware that this inf that information even exists. So somehow it's a, it's a, it's some lack of transparency to some to some extent because they are not aware that they can actually benefit from those things. So the first thing we can do is start local media companies or start local media outlets uh, that the community owns. So when the community owns it, it's less likely that there'll be some propaganda, it's less likely that somebody wants to take over the system. So um, that's one part. I'm not gonna to stay too much on this so that I don't take too much of our time. But another thing is educate people. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this number two a little bit. Educate people of the opportunities around them and get them to commit to acting on that knowledge. All right, this I have started more recently. I figured out that here in Senegal, Working online is like really strange. People, when you say, when you, say you work online, people are like, okay, what do you do there? <laughs> so, um, and uh, all my life, I've practically, all my adult life, I've practically worked online straight from the universities uh, more than a decade ago, I've worked online. So for me, it's normal. But for some people who this feels really strange, they don't know that there are opportunities you can take online, that you can express your skills online, you can, you can sell or you can trade on something that you have learned and get paid for it. So uh, I've started doing this for free. I took up some people and I'm trying to show them, um, trying to train them on how to use the internet to earn income. All right. So another thing is listen to, uh, listen to uh, don't listen to one side of the story get the full picture, ask questions. If someone says something, ask, okay, how did you, how did you get this information? Where did you get it from? Um, okay, give me the source and on your own, go on and research. Don't just take information and swallow it. It will, it will create a stereotype in your mind and you'll end up working against what you're trying to build. All right, so um, I'm gonna go to a part two. The part one of this whole presentation was about transparency, was about, um, the things you should, you should uh, the, the benefits of transparency uh, in society and how we can actually go ahead and implement them. But in part two, I'm going to touch a bit about, in part two, 
I'm going to be discussing adapting the creative, uh, creative society to uh, adapting creative the creative society to connect with people across cultures and divides. Now the, the, there is an undertone. This is still around transparency because there is an undertone of people um, having the things in our mind, the beliefs, the way we perceive the world influences the way we, we the way we uh, the way we interact with it um in the in some of the videos that we showed you showed us in some of the videos that you showed us um sorry my son my son my son is just allow me allow me to uh, stop him a bit we can also do like this uh, nicholas so maybe uh, we also uh, will be able to uh, uh, to listen uh, to your opinion uh, a little bit later if you mm -hmm. if you are distracted right now because i think uh that's fine i can yes all right oh uh, you can continue mm -hmm. okay okay all right so um now i said in part one i was trying to discuss i was trying to discuss uh in, the, in part one i simply outlined the benefits of, of a transparent society and how we can actually implement implement it but in part two, we're dealing with the, the, the um, basically the, 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 psychological, the psychological background of all of this. If, if people do not think, no matter how beneficial um, our ideas are, no matter how much practical we can make the implementation, if people have no belief in what we're talking about, if their belief system counters it or pushes it away or rejects it, there is no amount of benefits that we can preach to them and they are going to take. There's no amount of implementation we are going to have that's going to actually work. So this part two is saying, some, is saying that we should adapt to creative society to connect with people across cultures because cultures create different interpretations of life, all right? The way different cultures interpret things, let me take a very, very, very common and easy example. Um, it back uh, now, I grew up a little bit in Nigeria, okay, and um, now I live in Senegal. And here, um, cats are pretty common. There are cats everywhere here. This is a very very simple thing, but I'm going to tell you how phenomenal it can be. <laughs> um, there are cats everywhere, and so um, we have some cats in the house. My kids love the cats, and now when I when I uh, make when I'm on a video call like this and my cat climb on my table and I'm like hey look at my little cat, people are like no 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 you don't we don't want that it's it, there's it, there's a rejection I'm like what's it about cats cats are nice, but culturally there have been there have been uh, a history of of people believing that cats are witches all right even people who do not believe that now still have a like, they still have this push against it I use that to just to, to bring out that when there is a standing cultural resistance to an idea, telling them about the benefits of the idea would never penetrate it. So the best thing is to find where they can, is to find something that makes, makes that builds a bridge, something that makes them see a common, that makes them see that, okay, oh, what you're talking about is actually what I already believe in. Okay, so they begin to see that uh, they begin to own the, the benefits. Let me just go ahead to the slide. 
Uh, it was, uh, sorry for interrupting you. Uh, I just would like to remind you that we are constrained by time, so we have like two more minutes uh, for your speech. I'm, I'm, I'm basically at the end of this. Summarize also your points, like summarize what like you would like to, to share it to with other people. All right. Um, so first I said uh, to, to bridge the mental, mental divide or the cultural divide, society, I said society is complex, embrace it, don't resist it. I already explained this in all of what I talked about earlier. So we don't have to like try to push society to believe something else, find something that they truly believe in and go. So the number two thing is the world is jaded with too many networking experiences that turn out to be... Uh, you know, hurtful experiences and, com and complete waste of time. We must dissociate negative experiences with networking from the 60 degree of connection. So people are generally scared of people telling them, okay, there is this something uh, I, I belong to and I think you're going to benefit. They just want to resist it. They're like, no, 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 I don't want to belong to anything. All right, so, um, so we have to like find a way to bridge this gap. In the, in the last slide, I outlined um, basically five things. Hopefully this slide is going to be available to you. You can go through it. I try to make that explanatory as possible. So you can just go through it in your own time. Um, I, said, I said, what influences, uh, so number one question we should ask to begin this, to begin to bring this mental divide down is to ask question, what influences these society's beliefs? So different societies have different beliefs. We need to find out what makes them act the way they act. Uh, another thing is, we need to ask the question, how do we align um, the lights, that, that means the bright side of, what, of, what, what influence, uh, of whatever influences our society, how, how do we align our message with that, okay? Without diluting the message itself and the goal of, of the creative society, how do you make it more acceptable in a way that they are gonna see that what you're saying is what they believe in already? And that thing is how do you get people on this, in this society to own the message? How do you get them to say, oh, what you're saying is what I'm already thinking. I think I'm going to act on what you're talking about because that's already what I own. That's what I think. They need to own it as something that is theirs, not something that some people came up with. Um, so what results do we want to see? That's one question we should ask. And how do we, want, how do we start getting that result today? So we don't want to wait until sometime when we have discussed and gathered too many people before we begin to take action. We, we need to start thinking, what action do we take um, right now? Like at the end of this meeting, what do we do next? What action should I take? What action should you take? Then those actions should begin to shift us towards a creative society already and then as we grow. The last point here is how do you um, how do we support the people who uh, the people within society who are already driving these results? How do we support microcosms, maybe a small group of people somewhere else who are not necessarily part of the lateral right, who are not part of a lateral right now, or people who are not a part part of um, creative society movement right now, but they're already moving in that direction? How do we connect with them and drive and be a part of what they are doing and basically drive what they are doing forward? Um, that's basically, these are basically ideas on how to collapse the mental divide so that we can truly spread the message and uh, build a more transparent society. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you very much, Nicholas. And um, I really like your speech and uh, everything you said about uh, what society is allowed to do with our, uh, what, what uh, 
about your opinion about uh, we should decide what society allowed to do with our money and resources and what is it not allowed to. And in creative society, there should be transparency of the information about this, of course. And if everything is transparent, we will not be supporting things that destroy our society, but what helps it helps other people and uh, everyone will feel like part of the society making contribution and uh, by helping society you help everyone including yourself your family children everyone and um, when it's not open it's causing a lie like you talked a lot about media and of course it's important to talk about it and uh, this is necessary in, in for creative society uh, I agree what you said about uh, media that we choose what we watch and how to respond to what we see and what to believe, what not to. And of course, education uh, plays an important role in this for people, for, for children. And uh, we'll, if we learn about different things, if we, uh, it will be not that easy for media uh, nowadays to fool us. We should ask questions. We should always try to get a full picture. So we need an education. Education is important in our life. And uh, it, should be it should be free. It will be free in creative society. So um, we should put uh, more efforts into connecting with people all around the world, just like what we do in our broadcasts and what we do right now on Alatra TV. And in communication with others, we exchange experience, opinions, visions on different topics. Uh, we build the bridge between countries. So um, we should start act, acting local, uh, like you started an online radio and uh, start talking, sharing the truth, promoting awareness uh, about our responsibility to building the creative society. And uh, our next speaker is, um, do, do we have Victor? Did Victor come back? No, no, uh, no Victor didn't, didn't speak, uh, come uh, back. It's yeah. not it so. And now we are having Aliu uh, from so South Sudan. Uh, he will replace Victor so far. And when Victor is back, we will give him the floor. Uh, he's a lawyer from Juba. And uh, he will tell about human dignity. It's also very interesting to, yeah, to get to know his opinion about uh, transparency uh, in law. So, Ali, please, uh, uh, yeah, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, everybody, and uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, uh, yeah, I've sat for quite a while. Um, I wanted to just talk about human dignity um, and uh, how to connect this human dignity as a principle um, that is enshrined in all our constitutions and in respective countries as a matter of um, uh, basic international human rights. Um, it, it, uh, centralize this well with at least two principles of this uh, um, these foundational uh, principles, which is the human life and the human safety. Uh, why human dignity uh, has been 
the topic that I would like to uh, think about and, and, and qualify as an area to present is uh, simply from various uh, opportunities that I've seen um, these uh, presentations of uh, videos and short videos that were shared, uh, the, the principle of peace has features very, very high. And uh, there is no peace when there is uh, a sense of, uh, of injustice. Uh, and that justice uh, is always around the principle of um, um, man eats man if, if that's where the conflict is. But if we live in peace, then there will be no injustice and there will be more of a dignified approach. And if we come to realize that in a creative uh, society that we would like to live in, uh, human life and human sanctity uh, and human safety are all protected, not just by law, but they are protected even in terms of principles that we believe in, in how we, we relate to one another, then there will be no need to, to make all this noise we make about the respect of human rights. Because simply, there are people who don't believe that human rights um, are applicable to all. And once we are able to change that mindset and then we believe that all people are born equal, all deserve equal rights, uh, equal treatment, um, or uh, any of these uh, uh, ingredients that we put uh, like gender, religion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These are um, things that we can, um, uh, as different human beings, co up with or learn or take upon uh, as cultural issues or political views, but they should not undermine. Uh, the basics where we are all human beings and we are all equal and we have the same uh, desired right to live and uh, desired right to have a purpose in life and to live comfortably and enjoy being members of society. So this is in a general um, uh, what I wanted to anchor around human dignity, uh, which we broke down into uh, human life and uh, human safety. Well, thank you um, for- To come experiment. to the, the area there, therefore where we have talked about uh, transparency, uh, often transparency in, in um, in the international setting is, is dealt with as a matter that they dealt with to good governance and accountability. Uh, nonetheless, uh, as we just heard from the previous speaker, yeah, 
the, the second thing that I would like to add, uh, as just mentioned by the previous speaker, is uh, that transparency also features in media and features around at least three major concepts. Uh, the concept of access to information and that quality of that information because we have uh, the, the misinformation, uh, the disinformation process, which comes to be fake news. And then the third uh, tool is, uh, is propaganda, which is uh, a utilization of information for specific purposes, normally during war and during campaigns. Uh, that's where propaganda is used. So how do we look at these uh, media aspects uh, in terms of, uh, the, I will not talk much about the, the media things that uh, were elaborated by the previous speaker, but at least I would look at the, the set credible than, than uh, the mainstream media, because often mainstream media also use concepts of propaganda to advance other interests as well as business interests or political agenda. And just to give you a few about these propaganda uh, tools that uh, I use for TV, radios, and FMs, and the African continent is not an exception. Uh, we have been facing it. Even within our own countries, you will get several entities from um, world powers playing their own radios within our backyards, even on FM and short waves. You see BBC, Dasha Bella, CNN, the Chinese CNGC, the Japan TV, among many, uh, trying to reach out, not to just inform us, but so often to sell out uh, or sell for us uh, some of the ideas um, uh, that advances their own national interests and national agenda. Um, on the propaganda also, we talked about the influence and uh, these influences that um, uh, disinformation all can play into people's eyes and minds and drive them to hatred and maybe even break the law. Uh, lastly, I would look at uh, the question of transparency in governance as a, a tool where the international uh, law has advanced uh, to encourage good governance, not necessarily uh, just people having access to information, but people rating their own governments and their own performances. And, um, and, and these are open uh, sources, not necessarily uh, sanctioning um, uh, regimes and the, and the international law, but they, they, they are biometers where people could actually check the, the, the parameter where you could check how your government um, And that tool of itself is informative. It should help people 
look internally and fix their own selves and their own governance and their own societies uh, using these tools. The, the challenge is that often it comes politicized. Uh, whether uh, the international bodies on human rights or their own reportings or international bodies that relate to, um, to matters of transparency international, etc. Uh, they, they they're doing a good job, but often also there is this interest here and there that, that um, hinders them from achieving uh, the, the needed credibility where they, they would be relied upon. Um, and, and that's also an area that needs work. We can't hear you. Uh, um, situations where conflict uh, targets certain ethnicities, whether they're linguistical, uh, groups or their racial groups or ethnic groups uh, or even geographical groups and such hate and this hate speech that is sponsored through these radio mechanisms or TVs or, or even internet would always arrive at the point where it creates a situation um, such situation uh, may cause, yeah, sorry. Do you hear? Hello? Yes, yes, we can, we can hear you. Uh, Ali, maybe you can summarize your points. Uh, yeah, which are the most important mm -hmm. ones. What is your message? Yeah, what is your message on transparency? Hello? Can you hear us? Hello. Hello, can you hear us? Well, it... It you can like talk if you hear. Hello. Yes, yes, you can talk. I don't think I'll you hear this. Time. Maybe we'll get back to, yeah, maybe yeah. we can go back to you when you connect. It's proper. Yes, we can hear you, Ali. All right. Um, the message is that society must have a mind of their own when it comes to uh, information. I think that uh, the message that you are saying that we should have a more active position because uh, uh, obviously that you said that the different radio channels and the mass media are talking, and you talked about sponsored uh, okay. Uh, I was summarizing actually uh, four points that I would like to summarize. When it comes to transparency, um, transparency in international law and in governance of media. Society must have a society.
Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Aline. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for giving us your opinion about uh, also the need of transparency of the international law. And we have our next speaker, uh, Jerry, who will be elaborating on uh, this uh, issue uh, in his uh, speech. And before we are coming to our speaker from Ghana, uh, we would like to invite our technical uh, support team, please, to show us on the screen a video clip that we also uh, demonstrated on our uh, conference, uh, Creative Society, uh, United We Can. And it's... Uh, shows to us in a very illustrative way why uh, we are shy uh, to talk about changes. Okay, technical support, please. Uh -huh, thank you so much. Elephants are habituated to a rope since childhood. First, they are tied to a tree and First, an elephant calf trying to escape understands that the rope is many times stronger than him. Then already being a grown-up elephant, he no longer even makes attempts to become free because he understands that the rope, which is stronger than him, will win anyway. And when already a human who... Well, the strength of a human and an elephant is incomparable, but an elephant still submits to a human and follows him with his head down, is the same in human society. The whole point, imagine, an ordinary human, skinny and little, is leading an elephant on a rope. Why? Because the elephant believes that the rope is holding him. Friends, we have the same thing. Nothing is holding us, except our imaginary rope. And I would simply like to say, friends, let us stop being stupid elephants and let's become humans. Uh, great. Uh, so we we can see that uh, we just got used to these shackles and we got used to this uh, uh, very passive uh, position. We got used to this uh, uh, like artificially promote uh, hatredness, and uh, this is the time has come to change the future. This is the time has come to. Uh, take the active position, because the climate change waits for no man, and because all of us can see what is going on, uh, like even uh, outside of your window, you can see. Uh, so that's why it's very uh, becoming very understandable for any robust person. Uh, yeah, so that there is a very urgent need to take actions. And now we would like also to invite uh, our speaker, uh, Jerry from uh, Ghana, uh, and now he's in Vietnam, uh, who will be telling us about uh, also the issue of transparency. We see that this is very deep uh, foundation because every time we are tackling this, we are realizing we cannot uh, uh, cover it uh, till, uh, yeah, till its depth. So yeah, Jerry, please, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you very much to the whole world. Uh, I think transparency is very important. That is the reason why it's one of the foundations of uh, creative society. And uh, what is transparency? Transparency is uh, a situation where activities are done in an open way without secret so that people can trust 
that they are and honest. So if you are doing something and uh, there is uh, transparency, it eliminates doubt. It also reduces confusion. Uh, transparency itself, because if you are transparent, people value what you say. They trust your words. So it is one of the ingredients important in every woman's life. So I will be discussing transparency with regard to international relations. Uh, Ghana and Africa belongs to many inter uh, international organizations, uh, such as United Nations, Commonwealth, uh, World Health Organization, International Criminal Court, and those things. But the question is, in those organizations that Ghana and African countries belongs to, does it really happen in those organizations? The answer is no. We all know. For example, let's take the United Nations. Ghana and most African countries uh, belong to the United Nations. But in the United Nations, African countries, they don't have uh, anything to contribute there. They don't have any rights. So if there is trying, uh, things can be done very well. For example, when you look at uh, Africa, the population of Africa is getting to 1.5 billion. When you take Asia, Asia is getting 4.5 billion. And when you look at the population of Europe, they are also getting to 750 million. But when it comes in terms of security, now when you look at this population, which of them need more security? Of course, it's the larger number that need more security. But when you take a look at the Security Council, France, the UK, Russia, the smaller countries that had a small percentage of population, they rather need more security. So there should be transparency in those uh, international relations that we have. Organization that many African countries belongs to and that we are expecting more transparency is uh, International Criminal Courts. Since the existence of this International Criminal Court, it has been mostly prosecuting African leaders. For example, some of the leaders that this court has prosecuted are Laurent Gbagbo from Cote d'Ivoire, Nguru Kenyatta from Kenya, Castella from Liberia, and more and more. And all those leaders are coming from Africa. So the question is, if there is transparency, can those people be, be prosecuted without going through the right uh, procedure and channels? So as a creative society, uh, uh, we should uh, have a society that there is transparency so that everything can be done in a transparent manner so that we can see 
so that there wouldn't be any doubt, there wouldn't be any confusion, there wouldn't be any misunderstanding. The third one, another organization that most of African countries belong to is the Commonwealth. Commonwealth of Nations is, is a, mostly they speak English and they are colonies of Britain. And uh, in those relations that they have, uh, we have something like international trade or fair trade. So there should be a transparency in those trading because we have agreed that we are, therefore we are supposed to have a, a common trade among these countries. But it comes to bear for that you can see that it is only big countries that they rather come into uh, African countries to operate. But African countries cannot go into their country to do business. So if there is transparency, uh, I think we can trade among ourselves, we can do business among ourselves because we believe that uh, every country is unique and uh, have got their own resources. One country resources is different from the other. Therefore, we need to cooperate and exchange so that we can coexist to provide things for our people to make their life better. So there should be a transparency in those organizations to create more life for our people. Another thing is the movement of people within those agreements. We have agreed in those organizations that we should have free movement among ourselves. But under the ground, they have their own visa to, to, to you know, put barrier on African countries and you cannot easily move into those countries to do business or other things. But I think if there is transparency, we can move globally to do what we can without any problem. So transparency is very important. Another one is uh, the World Health Organization that most African countries belong to. Of course, Ghana also belongs to the, uh, uh, the World Health Organization. Thank God, Corona has come. To me, I think Corona is very good thing because out of the trouble, we will be able to find solutions to many things. Uh, corona has existed for only one year. And right now, we are trying to develop a vaccine to solve that problem. Only one year. The question is, how long malaria has existed in Africa? Malaria has existed and malaria killed more people in Africa more than COVID. But still, we aren't able to find vaccine to treat malaria. Malaria killed faster than COVID, but it has lasted so much in the continent of Africa, we aren't able to find vaccine to cure malaria. Although I am not a doctor, but because it is not affecting the bigger country, so lesser attention is being paid to it. 
it's because maybe the people living in there they are not having blue eyes and pink nose therefore they have to be ignored fine so there should be a transparency within the world health organizations another thing is anytime that they made medicines or they want to do research sometimes they use africa to be the test ground it shouldn't be so there should be transparency in all those things if you want to conduct a test it, it you should explain to the people what you want to achieve there shouldn't be any propaganda make sure that it is it, being done fairly there shouldn't be anything undercover no 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 so transparency should should exist in the world health organization and the last one i want to talk about is the agreement between uh, china and most of african countries and another question i want to ask is to everyone here today is that if you know that somebody is poor will you be able to give loan to the person and you know very careful that the person cannot pay back but you want to give the loan to the person so if you know somebody is poor would you like to give loan to that person no the answer is no because you know the person cannot pay back right now african countries and ghana has made so much agreement with china that is uh, putting much burden and heavy debts on the countries of africa that's really something that is very bad because at the end of the day, they make agreement that sometimes is not they don't disclosure everything to the africans so at the end of the day it hits the african harder because if you are being given loan for example britain can go for loan from china with an interest of 20 percent but if african countries go they will give the same loan to them 70 percent of interest it's not fair there is no transparency in that so we need to take look at that so as a creative society we need to create society that is more fair china today is existing in africa and they are their life if you take my country ghana chinese companies and institutions are really causing harm to the natural environment we know ghana to have gold and other natural resources they are digging it uh, destroying the forest destroying the water bodies destroying everything what is the agenda that they have there is no transparency in that you are destroying the water body of these people how will they survive they will not get any better water to drink and in the few years time they are going to die you are polluting the air that they are breathing in a few years time what are they going to do they are going to die so there should be transparency in our businesses that we do another thing is they are building so much infrastructure in africa every two bridge or five bridge that you see in africa uh, uh, uh if 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 maybe you see a road or 
five bridges, maybe four of them is built by Chinese. Now, what is the quality of this infrastructure that they are building? There is no inequality that exists in them. There should be transparency in those things. The last one I want to talk about is the agreement between the French-speaking countries in Africa and uh, the agreement with the France. This French-speaking right now, they are about uh, 14 countries, French-speaking countries in, in West Africa. Uh, my numbers may set me right, but people, can we believe that these 14 countries, they don't have their own currency. Their currency is being provided by France because of the international agreement that they have. Now, Bank is being located in France, Nice. Therefore, if they need any money, that they want to support their nation, they need to go to France for France to give it to them. How can you work and you keep your salary with someone so that when you are hungry, is the person who have to give you money? It doesn't make sense. There is no transparency in that. I think two years ago, these countries came together and they wanted to introduce their own currency. France rejected that they are not going to agree there is no transparency in that. What is the reason why you are denying that they shouldn't have their own currency? So with this kind of agreement and things, there should be transparency. Transparency is very important. Therefore, I have some few solutions that we can have as people. Therefore, transparency can, uh, uh, can exist in our society as creative society wanted. For example, education. Education of African country supposed to be redefined. We supposed to have education in Africa that reflects the personality and the understanding of African problems. For example, the education that most of African countries are having, the theories, the concepts that they are teaching them in Africa, most of them comes from the Western world. For example, theories, according to uh, Adam Smith, according to James, according to that, it does not reflect the true problem of Africa. So we need to educate our people in a way that can, uh, 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 they can identify their real problem and identify what they can do by themselves to elevate themselves from poverty or other things. So there should be this kind of solution. The second one is enforcement of transparency. We need to enforce transparency in most of institutions in Africa. For example, we, we can do that through uh, organizations such like the media, we can use the media, we can even raise leaders who will be you know, carrying on, you know, transparency programs so that people can be aware of transparency. The third solution I want to mention is to remove barriers 
there are so many barriers in Africa that is impeding progress. Some of them are physical, some of them are not physical. For example, things are barriers that are impede, they are impeding the progress of Africa. Therefore, we have to remove those barriers. The last one I want to talk about is bribery and corruption. Bribery and corruption is something that has caused so much problems in Africa and uh, we have to eliminate that. There should be transparency. So we have to eliminate all those things. So as creative society, we need to carry on transparency in everything that we do in every country so that the society can be a better place to live for all of us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jerry. Very educative, I must say. And uh, all that Jerry was saying that I understood, if I may, is uh, I would like to say this way, um, there is no transparency in our relationships. And because there is no transparency, just like Aliu before him had mentioned, wherever there is a sense of justice, then there cannot be peace. These yes. uh, barriers that uh, have been built into ag international agreements and international relationships uh, is making it impossible for Africa to develop. And because Africa is not developed, like I also know, they say, Uh, Anu, we can't hear you. Lost uh, connection. Hakanu, do you hear us now? Because certainly what we have just uh, heard, it's uh, yeah very important uh, things, and uh, uh, we should uh, sooner or later come to this uh, uh, analysis of transparency of the international uh, at the international level. But we are not and uh, cannot blame anyone for anything because still it's uh, the people who uh, decide and who agree uh, with the current situation. So uh, even if we uh, understand that uh, some inst international instruments, declarations, we have, for example, uh, over 50 of declarations about protection of human rights, and still we have a violation of them, not even in Africa, in other countries as well. Uh, we must uh, create a demand because we as a humanity can have a clear position what we accept and what we do not accept. And when we make our position clear, I think such problems as transparency of the international level will be solved because uh, people themselves uh, will uh, create a demand uh, for these, uh, for the upcoming changes. And uh, we, we hope that uh, Kano will be back uh, to uh, tell us what he wanted to. And now we would like to invite uh, Mohammed from Jordan. Uh, we are having uh, more speakers, uh, not um, only from African countries, who also would like to uh, give their opinion uh, on implementation of creative society. And uh, Mohammed from Jordan, uh, yes, if you are still online, please uh, give us your vision. Yes, uh, Olga. Mm -hmm. Good evening, so good evening mm -hmm. Olga, and good evening for the, all of my guys here. Um, really, 
Uh, I'm Mohammed from Jordan, so uh, I wanted to participate in in this um, uh, amazing group, and I want to thank uh, thank you for all of the uh, guys uh, who talked about uh, uh, the uh, many subject up, uh, many subject here. Uh, I want to talk uh, today about justice and equality uh, in distribution of natural resources in Africa. Uh, so, uh, I think that um, uh, the majority of the, the people in the world don't know uh, many information about Africa because uh, because the media not focus of the uh, of the of Africa. Uh, all, although uh, Africa is uh, considered one of the uh, uh, richest place in the world, uh, so uh, we have to we have to uh, to know that uh, we have to know about uh, uh, African countries uh, more information. And um, uh, today I discovered many countries I didn't know before, really. Because although uh, these countries are rich, uh, you know, but uh, I don't know why why the, the, this happened in the world. Uh, the media, uh, unfortunately, focus on the wars, on the uh, how to uh, killing uh, inflicts, but uh, don't focus about the the union of the African uh, countries, uh, the uh, wealth in African countries. How? to uh, collect uh, these countries uh, at the same uh, place, at the same meeting, uh, and uh, get a useful things for these countries. Uh, all the natural countries belong to the human uh, uh, humans and fairly distributed among all the people in Africa. Um, I, told, uh, I told you that uh, Africa surely uh, it's the uh, uh, richest uh, place in the world, uh, and uh, it has a large uh, quantity uh, of natural uh, resources, uh, resources including uh, many things. I, I have uh, a map. I don't know the uh, support team can show uh, this map. Of... Yeah, Olga. Can you show the? Uh, I think uh, we will. Uh, yeah, we will go with the presentation because we are limited in time and we have one more speaker who urgently needs to go. So if you just briefly summarize, please the points that you would like to address. Yes. Okay. No problem. Thank you so much. Uh, so uh, Africa contain uh, many uh, things like diamond, uh, sugar, salt, gold, iron, and uh, other materials. Uh, this is uh, this is information. This is material. Uh, uh, make us to uh, to entrust in, in to to how to uh, to take uh, or to uh, help us to uh, co co make a cooperation between the the countries and uh, uh, and using the the material natural material resources well and managing them uh, and distributing uh, this material. Uh, fairly between the countries uh, will reflect uh, positively on the human and uh, African citizens. Uh, and this, this is by uh, African companies. Uh, African companies can, uh, can work in uh, or uh, use these materials 
uh, and this is reduce uh, employment. Uh, this is reduce employment. Uh, I think I think some of the the, the uh, strange uh, strange country out of the Africa uh, use this material and uh, take it to their uh, country uh, to use it. The distribution of their wealth helps to uh, solve many problems uh, and uh, reduce the conflict. I uh, told you that uh, the problem in Africa is a conflict uh, on the uh, on these materials. Uh, and uh, make a strong uh, African Union uh, based on uh, brotherhood, uh, love, and uh, tolerance. So uh, that it helps people uh, in Africa to uh, obtain justice in their uh, freedom of the movement and more uh, mobility. Uh, unfortunately, I have a video and uh, some uh, slides, but I don't know what happened. I uh, sent to uh, the group about two, two emails, but um, I don't know. Uh, uh, the important for us, uh, how, to, to, uh, how it is useful to, uh, to, to, uh, for uh, building the, uh, uh, the good community. Uh, uh, good uh, distribution for these materials uh, give us uh, prevents prevents uh, conflict between the the uh, the countries uh, in Africa. Uh, it supports the value of African citizens and countries, African countries among the world. After they distribute and own uh, all of their uh, wealth resources. It raised the uh, value of the uh, economic and financial system uh, in Africa uh, uh, and uh, give them support in the world. Uh, it increased job opportunities and uh, reduced the uh, unemployment problem by establishing the, the, the uh, factories, established the, uh, uh, the projects uh, in the, uh, these countries. Reduce the, the migration. Uh, you know that uh, some, some people in Africa, although their country is full of uh, wheels uh, and projects uh, but not uh, used, uh, search about migration to uh, overseas uh, to have uh, money, to have a job. So uh, uh, when, the, 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 uh, when the wheels uh, are distributed to, to uh, as well, uh, these people or these people can uh, find find the, the, the uh, their job and find the project and find the factory uh, which uh, which we uh, which uh, they can work in it. Uh, it create uh, it create a strong and uh, cooperative uh, African Union, and uh, it reflect uh, positively on all sectors, health, education, uh, industry, and trade. And it helped uh, to solve borders problem uh, and free, uh, free movement for the people between the African countries, uh, uh, promotes uh, security and uh, safety for the people. You know, in the video, in the video, um, 
I wanted to show uh, to show many information, but uh, uh, unfortunately, I uh, haven't now in my computer. Uh, that's it. Uh, I wanted to participate uh, you to uh, support the uh, this project. Uh, we need we need from the media uh, uh, how how uh, to apply the the project in the the community. We uh, need from the media to uh, support to uh, tell the people uh, in the all the world that Africa is the uh, important place. Uh, we need to uh, make uh, awareness for the the uh, the citizens, uh, the people that uh, their countries have. Uh, a good uh, or uh, uh, expensive uh, materials. Uh, we need from the governments to make, to sit in the uh, one table and make a meetings uh, and collect the decisions. Uh, uh, one decisions uh, uh, reflect on the people. One decisions uh, reflect on the, uh, reflect on the, on the, uh, the future of the, 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 the people. Uh, so um, it's steps. We, we we want to to start one steps to make uh, awareness uh, for the government to remind the people to remind the uh, rich or or big uh, countries in the world like uh, United States, like Russia, like uh, uh, everywhere. We can remind them that Africa is is important, not, not uh, for the uh, slippery, not for the only uh, forgetting countries. Uh, uh, I need from you too to, uh, to tell us more about the unknown uh, countries because uh, I told you that uh, today I discovered that uh, there are uh, countries uh, in, my, uh, in my list of the, of the, uh, for the Jordanian uh, who are allowed to, to go to them. Uh, uh, nobody here know about these countries. So we need to uh, partic participate, part make a participation between the group, between the people. We encourage many people to uh, join our group, uh, to, know, to let uh, them know about uh, many information uh, about Africa. This is support uh, um, uh, today, not as tomorrow. Every day we have to increase our support to this project. Uh, I apologize for uh, from you to uh, I don't have slides, uh, so uh, I uh, have uh, enough time. I can send to you, but but uh, now I don't have uh, enough time. So uh, thank you, and I hope that uh, see you uh, every next meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed from Jordan. Uh, beautiful points there. Uh, and I think if I say this way, uh, Mohammed was pointing out the fact that uh, if one human being anywhere in the world, you know, is disfranchised from realizing himself or herself as a human, then the whole people in the whole world are equally disfranchised. So the big countries, the super countries, uh, the developed world should not think that uh, they are developed, they have all that it takes. As long as Africa is uh, not carried along, then there is a big problem in the world. That development is not, uh, is not equal. 
And uh, like I was saying before, the internet rudely uh, booted me out. Uh, it's all about consumer mindset. Uh, the fear that uh, the world resources will not be enough for everybody, or the fear that uh, if we do not dominate certain people, then we will not uh, assert our superiority. It's all based on a consumer mindset. In the creative society, this psychological and physical fear uh, of uh, domination and, and profit will not have any place. Uh, in the creative society, there is collaboration, there is cooperation, both in scientific, industrial, uh, technology, and in all aspects of life. So that what is developed in Jordan, what is developed in, uh, in uh, China or United States, or even in Africa, can be shared for the development of all humans, just like Jordan is saying. And uh, I would also want to inform us that uh, it was uh, dear guest, you could you know join, uh, tune into our website. You could you know explore further information from our website, especially the alatraunites.com TV English, where there are some programs, some creative programs that you could uh, listen to. Uh, with the participation of uh, Igra Mikhailov Danilov. Sorry, I'm not pronouncing that name very well. Uh, but you could watch such programs and it will throw more light on what you are saying that if we truly implement the creative society, then this psychological thing about I'm an African, I'm a Ukrainian, I'm a Russian, we'll be looking at ourselves as humans. So every scientific development, every technological development, every economic development will be for the empowerment of human, for the advancement of human, not for the advancement of Nigeria or for the advancement of just uh, uh, ethnicity, which like I said, when I was giving my own presentation is all psychological, just uh, calling another person inferior. If he's not with us, then he's against us. These are all consumer oriented uh, mentality, which we will do away with creative society. And yes, that is why I fully agree with you, Mohammed, that we should increase our support for this creative initiative. The more people get to know about this creative society, the more people get to know about what we are talking about, the better, the sooner the mindset of this consumer orientation will begin to change. And so uh, I would also like to go back a little bit to those programs I talked about. There are programs with the participation of uh, Igra, Mechelalov, Danilov, in which we could, yeah, for example, you could refer to, uh, like I said before, prospects of civilization. There is also the program on what is creative society. You could refer to these programs and you derive some more information on this, which we are discussing today. Uh, uh, thank you for that beautiful speech, Mohammed. Thank you for that beautiful speech, uh, Jerry. Thank you for those thank beautiful you. speech from everybody. Yes, uh, Olga, Jeffy wants something to add something to what I've said. Thank uh, you, thank Kano. Go ahead, Mohammed. Thank you. I uh, want to apologize from uh, uh, my colleague Aweda. Uh, uh, she uh, didn't uh, come because something wrong in the electric uh, cut, so the charge of her mobile is uh, off. Uh, she didn't uh, come. So uh, I uh, called her by uh, international call. Uh, she uh, had uh, emergency. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for letting, letting us know. I hope she'll join us for the next breach of friendship. 
And uh, I really like your point, and I really agree with you that Africa is a very rich um, in resources, uh, cultures, ancient history, and we have a lot to learn and uh, from them and uh, from you people who join us today. And uh, I really like your offer to raise and promote awareness that Africa is an important place and the whole world, you know, needs to build a bridge to Africa, support African countries and uh, support uh, great and kind people of Africa. And uh, thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I wanted to add. And, we have and now I believe speaker. we have yeah, one, one more, more mm. one more speaker. Mm -hmm. And uh, who is the our last speaker? Is Sahid? Sahid, yeah. do you Hello? hear us? Yes. You would like to hear? <laughs> yeah, to hear you. Hello. Hello, everyone. And for those who is not speaking right now, could you please mute your microphones? And uh, Sahid, go ahead. Hello, everyone. Um, I've been listening to the last uh, speaker, Mr. Mohammed from Jordan, and I think it's a very nice presentation. I've not been able to get to get more of the previous speakers because I've been quite in between, you know. But I think I have a few time, few minutes to kind of make my contribution. I want to look at climate change. Uh, climate change in Africa, it's uh, a big, big issue. Africa is the most vulnerable in terms of climate change. Um, one, technologically, we are far behind in terms of how we can challenge the threats that climate change is bringing. Number two, we get the bad things that most industrial countries, uh, uh, their waste comes and gets dumped in Africa. So this is another big issue. But then look on the basic, the farming side. Our irrigation system is very, very poor. Most of the farmers totally rely on rain. Over 90% of our farming relies on rain. If there is no rain, then they have very difficult thing in terms of planting the crops or harvesting on time. If there are too much of rain, if there are too much of rain, also it affects their crops as well. So irrigation system is a big issue, which as a whole contributes to the amount of food we can produce for the continent. If you look at South, if you look at uh, the Sub-Saharan Af Africa countries in particular, they are the most vulnerable, you know, from the Sahel region downwards. Which is why in terms of climate change, Africa needs a lot of investment in terms of ensuring that countries that don't have the capability can be able to withstand the test of time. In my country, particularly Sierra Leone, we have seen the 
effects of climate change. Recently, we had a mudslide that resulted in the death of many people. We have seen also the vast rapid decline of our forest. And this as a result is causing the pattern of rainfall that we used to have is in decline. When I was born, I used to see a lot of rain. The weather was always in a very good way. But as of now, we see that the amount of rainfall in terms of the months that is linked to the rainy season is very short. We are now getting a lot of humid and hot weather. The Amatan season that used to come, especially in mid-December, January, is very difficult now to experience. We also see that the, 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 the coastline is fast chopping off the land. Where there is not used to be sea or sand, is now all been washed away. This beautiful coastline are all been washed away by the most the advanced uh, sea or uh, the ocean. This is a very great concern. So we find out fishing villages that used to rely on fishing, most of them have to abandon their sustenance from fishing because of the erosion that's been caused by the advanced sea. And there's no investment in terms of protecting this coastline. So in such, I just want to say that Africa needs a lot in terms of technological help. Africa needs a lot in terms of knowledge, how to tackle climate change and also policies because when you look at climate change, it's a, it's a global phenomenon, but it ends where the poor countries, the poor countries which don't have policies, better technology to counterattack the effect will suffer the most. And that's what we are saying. So the richer countries are protecting their forests but they are coming to Africa to take most of the wood and everything to furnish their apartments. And without better policies, this is causing a lot of deforestation in Africa, from China to everywhere. Furniture companies are bribing their way, chopping down the forest so that their business can keep flowing. If you look at companies like DR Congo, which has a very fast amount of forest, there's steady decline in the forest in DR Congo. If you go to places like in the uh, Kanzama uh, region in Senegal, you see that a lot of deforestation is going on. Here in, we have the chopping of the infamous redwood. Illegal logging is causing a lot of deforestation. And most of this illegal logging is caused by big farms in developed countries, in rich countries, pursuing their uh, bandits to do this illegal logging to transport these woods for their furniture making in these bigger companies in China, 
in other parts of the rich countries world. So this is a big, very, very big issue. Because of the big policies in Africa to counter-attack these environmental issues, what we are seeing is that in my country, especially in my city, used to have a very beautiful covered forest around the peninsula. But as of now, if you come to Freetown, you see that all the mountains, the hills, are just empty. There is no forest absolutely because of also all city planning and also deforestation. And also, we know that uh, climate change, the forest play a big role in terms of the, the forest play a big role in, in, in the issue of global warming. And so without the forest within the next 50 years, I am sure many African countries will suffer. Because if we have the forest, it's not only Africa that will enjoy the benefits of it, but the rest of the world we do. If you look at the effect that the Amazon forest is having on the world climate itself, it's, it's huge. So just think about it. If we lose the Amazon forest, what effect it will have for many parts of the world? So just think about it and try to help Africa to ensure that our forests become more greener and sustainable going forward. Thank you. Thank you very much, Saeed. Uh, it was very good. Saeed mentioned this point. In fact, it's very, very interesting. Uh, I remember the first time that uh, I participated in a climate change report, breaking news. Uh, I was told to prepare uh, a report on climate change in my country. And uh, what, from what I learned from school, I was uh, concentrating on uh, those uh, global warming, you know, human factors that contribute to, you know, climate change and all that. Uh, I remember the editor I sent my report to, uh, she used one word. Uh, what was that word again? Something to do with uh, this uh, human concept of climate change, human uh, uh, angle to climate change. The real climate change, uh, like uh, Saeed is saying, you see, we could see it's already taking effect in our different uh, countries. Like uh, when I reported for the breaking news in Kenya, most of the East African countries, we could see the flooding, the earthquake, the frequency at which these things are occurring. There are things that should uh, really get us concerned, like he is saying. Uh, and I also know uh, sometime, some years back, uh, we had this problem of, uh, 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 terrorism, insecurity in my country. And I remember what the presidency said, that this uh, terrorism uh, has its origin, in, especially in climate change. The climate is changing in so many of the African countries, neighboring African countries, and then this is forcing migration. And then the funny aspect of it is that we are thinking that uh, it's not our concern. Uh, well, if they don't have it, they shouldn't come to our land. This is where it is important that we begin to think as uh, to what we can do to assist ourselves. And I think that is where that presentation about uh, global emergency situation uh, service, uh, uh, services is very, very uh, is apt to what we are discussing. Because uh, if we uh, have a global uh, in creative society, that is, we have a global uh, emergency service uh, response squad. Let me use that word it will be possible to even for one, 
like he is saying, we need capacity, which, must, which we lack in African countries. It's possible to warm where these cataclysms are going to happen, where earthquake is going to, where this flooding, where this climate change, and then people could be you know, evacuated and lives at least could be saved. Uh, I would want to also introduce you in uh, on climate, one of the climate, uh, sorry, creative society projects is on uh, climate change. And uh, like I just mentioned to you, we have the breaking news, climate change. You could uh, tune into uh, the channels, TV and radio channel, uh, on Alatra TV, climate change, uh, the future is now. Sorry, the climate, the future is now. And uh, you will hear that title, the future is now. And you might be wondering, why is the future now? It may not be happening to Africa, you know, maybe where we stay. Maybe it's not happening in Nigeria right away. It may not be happening in uh, Sudan, South Sudan right away, but it's already happening. Uh, there is this thing, I, I, when I did some research, the cyclicity of, how do I put it, nature cyclicity. And it said that uh, after every, roughly about every 12,000 years, that the polar axis change. And that is what uh, we are witnessing in our generation, in our time. And it is important that uh, we take all necessary measures. Uh, and this can only happen not with the consumer-oriented society where people are interested in making profits. People are even interested that perhaps the, the melting ice at uh, the Northern Pole, maybe there will be some discoveries made and so they could use their soldiers, send their soldiers there to, to be the first to capture whatever is discovered and for their own use and benefit. No, in the creative society, it's about cooperation, it's about collaboration. And I think that is why it's very important what we are discussing today. And pardon me to also please uh, share something with you uh, on climatology. There's a climate report, which you can also get from uh, Alatra Science Org uh, on the pages of climatology report. It's an online uh, uh, program. You could also uh, to, uh, explore further information on climate changes there. And uh, we hope that what we are discussing today, uh, viewers, you are listening and that uh, you see the need why it is important we pass information that the creative society is a dream that should come true as soon as possible so that collaboration can save humanity. Uh, thank you, Sahid, for that wonderful uh, report. Uh, I will give the mic to Oga, Oga uh, Andriva, uh, who, is, uh, who wants to add something to what I've just said. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, um, uh, Kanu, because uh, we also uh, realized, like in Russia, we also having uh, climate change and it's influenced also us. Uh, for example, when uh, uh, the roads are blocked uh, by snow and uh, the ambulance sometimes cannot come and save uh, the life. And we can see that uh, it's very unpredictable, the pre precipitation uh, is coming. So. Uh, we cannot, uh, I, we obviously uh, understand that uh, Africa is going through very hard times um, in terms that the uh, African rift is uh, tearing the continent apart. But also in Russia, uh, we have, we do have uh, climatic problems as well as in America with the Yellowstone volcano is uh, getting active. So the only way is not to complain because if you complain that the situation is bad here is bad over there it's just uh, to consolidate 
And now our technical support team will show us the video uh, with Igor Mikhailovich Danilov, uh, the abstract of this video, Climate, the future is now. Thank you so much. You see, and no futurologist will tell you what will happen tomorrow, if people really want this. You know, if people went ahead and changed the situation, then it will no longer be that way. This opportunity is given to a human. The main thing is for him to use it. Igor Mikhailovich, are there, let's say, any ways to soften and somehow change? The future? Yes. This is people's choice, this is people's world. It's your world, and you create it. But whether to Satan's dictation or by the inner spiritual aspiration, well, the choice is yours, that's the point. Freedom of choice, this is really the freedom of choice. To live or die, to be or not to be, it's people who decide and choose. Nobody will do it for them. Even the devil cannot dictate here what to do, how and, and how to behave. This is a choice of people. You also said that it's basically impossible to avoid cataclysms, but they could be not so... their consequences could be not so... Yes, let's say, not so disastrous for humanity. Yes, but simply observing what is happening in the modern world, because, after all, there are many attempts to change the situation or to stop hurricanes. Humanity is just unable, well, here is important to take into account something else. For example, modern technologies, let's say, theoretically, they can make it possible to slightly decrease the level of wind speed, the destructive level of that very hurricane, right? But there's the energy conservation law. If they decrease it at one point, it will increase at other points. It's inevitable. And then, having picked up speed and steam, it will come back only with greater power. And what did they win? After all, everything that happens here in the visible world originates in the invisible world. That is... A simple example. You read and you see. And everything that you see and read originates there in the boards, and these are just ones and zeros while here you see the text which you read to us. Here's a simple example. Meaning? That's where it should be changed. Mm -hmm. But again, it can be changed there, as long as there is energy in this tablet. And today we've said that, well, to put it simply, humanity can recharge its tablet, otherwise its battery will simply be removed. Thank you so much uh, to all our uh, technical support team and uh, also to our guests. And would like to, to ask if maybe uh, some of you have proposals for the upcoming uh, topics for discussion in the Telebridges. Someone of you maybe have questions. Jerry, Kanu, uh, yeah, those people who are still with us, we know that Jerry is in Vietnam, so I think uh, he's, uh, there is a night over there and uh, 
Hood also, uh, the doctor from South Sudan, she's still with us. Uh, so please uh, tell us your opinion. Uh, what are the dead burning issues you would like to address? And uh, just don't be silent. <laughs> this is the message. <laughs> okay, Olga. Um... I can see we all uh, have focused on um, like uh, some of the um, of the aid foundations and I think there are two or three of them that uh, we didn't actually elaborate on more especially the AIDS point which um, I myself still don't know a lot about I need to know more um, maybe in the next session we can uh, we can see people with um, uh, certain specialties who can tell us more about these issues. Okay, thank you so much. And Yakanu, uh, Jerry, what is your feedback? Jerry, I know you have a very beautiful smile, but <laughs> This is this is your feedback, okay? It's also very nice. I mean, we do appreciate it. But if you would like to say something, please unmute yourself because I think, uh, yeah, you you didn't unmute yourself. Yes, uh, I think I don't have much to say. Is that I'm thinking about how we can come together to uh, make sure that the dreams and the goal of uh, creative society is being implemented so that it can be benefit to the whole world because uh, humans are very important. Without the existence of human being, this world is nothing. So I'm only thinking about how best we can bring these strategies together, how we can carry on, how we can pull resources and ideas together so that we can realize that dream that we are all waiting for where we want the creative society to get to. Uh, so that's what I'm thinking about so far. And I'm also thinking along that line too, um, like uh, the, like Huda suggested, uh, it would be nice if we could have a round table where maybe we invite uh, professionals from Africa too, so that we start looking at uh, some of those, uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, how do I put the ideas on the on the on the eight foundation? We start looking at them and see uh, from this angle what uh, perspective. How can we like uh, you know uh, strategize to bring them about? Let's say for example, uh, we talk so much about uh, provision of uh, free uh, uh, necessities of life, like food, housing, shelter. I mean, housing, medical care, social security. Maybe we could uh, invite professionals. Let's talk about things like that. We are talking about the, uh, maybe on the Eight Foundation. Where we're talking about self-governing society, uh, where we're saying every people should be, every person should take responsibility for living conditions. Area we could invite professionals to at least discuss some of, maybe from legal perspective. Jerry Alance is a lawyer. We could uh, discuss, you know, how do we legislate laws that we could ensure that everybody has access to some of these ideas. Yeah. Uh, so my suggestion, Olga, uh, sorry, sorry, Huda, go yeah, the on. I, I, uh, of uh, governing, governing the, the you know the society by the people, like you, you, you govern uh, for people by people. This idea uh, was, you know, 
elaborating more about i believe yeah Mm. Now we have also Sahid with us. Uh, uh, we just will give him the chance to give uh, his feedback because just to make sure he's not losing connection. Aha, uh, Sahid. Uh... Hello. Hello. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's uh, quite very interesting listening to the various speakers, everybody enlightening important issues, things that uh, we hope policies. Uh, can be, can influence policies. Existing policies can take from what we are discussing and make them better. If there have not been new policies in certain areas, this can help for policies to be created. So as we move along to the part of one creative uh, world, one creative uh, human race, I think this is a very good starting point. We are. Everybody, I uh, have not met uh, all kind person, but it's, it's, it has created a unique platform wherein I can talk to Olga, I can talk to uh, Mr. Kanu, I can talk to Olga Jaffrey, Yuda, and Mr. Cherry, and so many other faces that I've seen for the past days. And uh, you know, it's created a very unique platform. Yeah, there are a lot of challenges, but one thing, once the human mind comes together, it can overcome this platform because we are a unique uh, species in this planet and we have the, the capability to do so. So it erases the, the boundaries between races and tribes and uh, from everybody. So I see everybody equal and I see that we're exchanging ideas in a very equal, respectable way. So I think it's a very good start and I hope that uh, we can reach that goal that we all crave for. We are every human mind, it's one, and we all share ideas together. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sahid, for and everyone for joining today. And, um, you know, people have stopped being silent, uh, silent about the important problems of our society. And uh, really, if we want, if we all want to live in a world of happiness and love, why do we have a world of uh, violence and destruction? We need to build a different creative world and uh, we know that we can do it. And uh, we have creative society. We have the way out, a creative society uh, with uh, quality healthcare, education, with the opportunity to travel around the world and live in a society in which humanity, mutual understanding, and love prevails. So, and the millions of people today choose this format of society. And I want to invite again to the Global Online Conference on 20th of March, 2021, a creative society what the prophets dreamed of. And uh, this is an unprecedented event in modern history initiated by people themselves from all over the world. And uh, we don't need revolution, we need an evolution. And by un uniting for a common goal, we can change the course of the history. And what can we do to build, to start building the happy world, the creative society for our families, children, for everyone is uh, to spread this idea, to share the information about creative society. And I want to invite everyone to join Creative Society Project 
it's very easy to do. All you need to go to alatrianize.com uh, website and uh, click on join button. Uh, choose the way you would like to participate in and maybe technical support will show us uh, the very, very short clip on how to do it. And um, okay, and uh, by joining the project and uh, you can send your um, vision, you can uh, share your um, ideas and all together we have, there is so many of us, if every one of us will share ideas, will share uh, their opinion and vision, uh, you know, we'll have the great picture and this is the acting, the informing everyone about creative society before everyone finds out about creative society we uh, can't move forward because we need people first of all to know it's possible to know it's all up to us and uh, this will help us to build it so i want to invite everyone to watch a short video we prepared for today for the end of our broadcast and before uh, we see it, um, I want to say, say again, thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much for your time. It was a pleasure to have you today. Thank you so much uh, for this reminder again. So we just would like to uh, to highlight that we are all our tether bridges and uh, projects of six degrees of connection. We are bracing on uh, eight uh, foundations for the creative society because this is what uh, people told us. This is what uh, we collected from uh, numerous interviews in different countries, uh, not only online, but also uh, like physical interviews uh, with different professors, uh, uh, scholars, uh, students, uh, everyone wanted to uh, give their opinion on that changes they want to see. And uh, we, all, everybody, we agree that uh, the problem is not in the, like, in the, in the essence that we are saying that someone is doing wrong. The problem actually in this uh, consumer relations in our society uh, and the problem is that uh, in this animal nature that uh, prevails in us, in humans, 
uh, our project uh, Universal Green uh, uh, showed to us that uh, everybody wants to develop the angel inside. So let us uh, develop that qualities uh, in all of us. And uh, we would like to thank everyone for being with us today. And uh, we'll watch uh, the last video clip uh, about a uh, very uh, interesting topic uh, when um, uh, the people uh, from different uh, planet came to the Earth and what they asked uh, and what was the answer of uh, the people, inhabitants of the Earth to them. So please, our technical support team uh, showed uh, this video clip to us. Thank you so much. came to Earth. At first, they flew around it, saw everything, and then decided to talk to the people on Earth. They asked, why do you have so much garbage and garbage cans? Well, this is because we don't have enough money to build waste processing plants. But why do you have so many hungry and homeless people? Well, this is because we don't have enough money to feed them and build houses for them. But why are you constantly at war with each other? This is because we don't have enough money and we're trying to take it away from others. The aliens scratched their heads and said, We fly around galaxies, have explored many worlds and planets, but have never met such a rare and, as it turns out, such a very necessary resource as money. Could you show us what it looks like and show where you get it in space? Then we will try to get it, bring you more of this money and help you establish harmony on your planet. We don't fly anywhere to get money, the Earthlings answer. We print it ourselves. Yourselves? said the aliens. Yes. 
After this answer, Earthlings were deleted from the list of intelligent beings.